starting right too. Are we recording? Uh, I guess we're recording, Abe. I don't know. You're the producer. Come on, get your shit together, Abe. Uh, I'm trying to get my ducks in a row. <laughs> it seems like your ducks have been disarrayed lately. My 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 <laughs> ducks are in disarray. Your ducks are fucked, babe. Come on. But uh, um, I'm driving back from Wisconsin. I'm on the north side of Chicago. Yeah, how are your levels? Because uh, the 10 tenths guys need to have something to make fun of, so we have to ask about levels I mean, my, uh, before we start our podcast. My levels are doing just fine, thank you. Yeah, my levels are fucking slanted. <laughs> I'm swearing. I've sworn. I, I've sworn three times already. So I should. Uh, I've met my quota. We should probably tone. We should probably tone that shit down, Adam. Level. There's a mosquito in my studio. <laughs> Freaking mosquitoes! <laughs> I think I might have got him. I think he might be on my knuckle now. Right on. <clears throat> yeah. So, uh, so you're in a you're in an old Honda. I'm in an old Honda, and now we're recording a podcast. Abe, you bought a Honda. I bought a Honda. <laughs> so, so you sold your Evo um, because you're like, I don't use this. This is worth money. I'm going to sell it. Yep. And then, and then you went to an F1 race in Montreal, and, my, and you're like, Canadians, Canadians are nice. They won't steal my stuff, <laughs> and that's not true. <laughs> so, so they stole my Jeep, and uh, yeah, yeah, we uh, we had a surprisingly large amount of valuable stuff inside of it even though yeah. we had no intention of leaving anything valuable inside. So what was inside of it? Like You, you had like a full tool set and a jack and everything. Yeah, right? I had stuff to change the tire when we were going through like middle of nowhere Canada in the middle of the night, right? So I had like... That's pretty smart. My impact and my jack and my tire inflator and like all of those things, they were all in the yeah. car. And you had your passports and you had all your life things and your chargers and all that stuff too right? yeah and like raincoats and you know just like tons and tons and tons of stuff yeah yeah it was, uh and like what <laughs> ashley lost her glasses i mean it was just like shitty so uh coming through all of this like get get my car stolen stuff like is there do you have any recommendations to <laughs> to listeners like Here's what you should do. Like, should people have gap insurance for car uh, stuff? Should people have in homeowners insurance policies that don't have a thousand dollar deductible? Or so, gap insurance is awesome. Uh, or I, yeah. I, I hope that it's awesome. Anyway, I put like so. Gap, 30 gap insurance is is like the difference in the like blue book value versus the like what I owe value. Correct. Right? And right. I drove the Jeep like thirty thousand miles in eighteen months. And the yeah. depreciation curve on a Jeep Eco Diesel is pretty steep. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. So I'm sure that, that was a rad truck. It though. was. It awesome. was like such a good truck. Did, did I tell you how what the fuel economy was on the way through Canada? It's. Got, it had to have been like because Canada is like so happy and smiley. It had to have been like 31 miles. It per was gallon. 31 miles per gallon. <laughs> I totally pulled it out of my half-drunk ass right Oh, now. my God. Yeah, that was a good truck, man. That Aside from the times when it was not a good truck at all. Yeah. It was a very good truck. Yeah, it's like... Every time I drove it, I was... The only thing that ever frustrated me about that Jeep was uh, was when I was backing it up, the mirrors would tip down. I'd be like, what the heck is going it's on? It's great for backing into a parking spot. It's terrible for backing up a trailer. 
Yeah, it's so bad. Then you gotta like sit and readjust and like you like playing with the joystick or the freaking thing that makes the mirrors go up. And I'm trying to like back up your your dad's like forty foot trailer because I'm like, no, Abe, put it over here. And he's like, and then you're like, no, you you do it. It's fine. <laughs> it's, and and then I'm playing with the joysticks and trying to back it up and like everybody just looks at you for t for like two minutes while you're trying to position the mirrors. Well, the <laughs> fact that that Jeep could tow a 28 foot travel trailer was awesome. Yeah. It and that I mean that trailer's got slide outs. It's got it's not a wimpy little trailer. It's a pretty serious little travel trailer. And I, I was but, getting uh, like 11 miles per gallon towing that. Kind of impressive. It, it, it was impressive. it was an awesome, awesome vehicle. So, uh, so, so now the Jeep is gone and it's dead. And Canada, Canada has lost a few ranks in my, in my like, uh, I think in all of our uh, our positions in the like, uh, how nice are you uh, rankings? I think Canada's down a few clicks. I think they're just below like. You know, like Medellin, Brazil, freaking South America, yeah, probably uh, Mexico. So um, now that Canada is in the shitter and you don't have a Jeep anymore and you sold your Evo, what have you done? What, what's going on with your life? Abe? I I bought a Civic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Uh, no, I, I I went I went to look for a fit. And I, yeah. I test drove one on Friday. and <laughs> Oh, yeah. I forgot all about this because I was camping with my wife and my, my daughter. So, uh, yeah, I, I totally, like, I my, my wife asked me about, Sarah asked me about this, like, tonight. She's like, whatever happened with Abe and that, like, the thing with the test drive? And I was like, I don't know, but I'll find out tonight. So uh, I, I went to go test drive a Fit. I found on Facebook. It was at, like, a... A really, really low-end um, dealership. Like they, they sell cheap cars. Was it, Is this like a dealership that has like a like a twelve-foot-long like double-wide trailer for a for an No, no, no. It was smaller than that. It was probably a twelve by twelve hut. Yeah, that's it. That's not a good. Uh, it's not a good car dealership. Well, I mean, I was shopping for a cheap fit, and yeah. they had one yeah. that had uh, hundred and eighty thousand miles on it or so. It was pri But it was like a. It was a second. It gen. It was a second gen, okay. um, and it was priced at thirty-two hundred dollars, which is what is. Yeah, that's that's fair. Okay, yeah. so uh, I drove almost an hour to get there. A friend took me, um, and my yeah. friend is not part of this life. So crazy, like <laughs> crazy stories to go drive an hour to pick up a manual transmission fit is not like that's not normal behavior. It's just normal to us. <laughs> Yeah, well, that it is totally normal to like most of our listeners, but like guys that have real jobs at like chemical companies and have doctorates and shit. <laughs> like, no, not normal, <laughs> not normal at all. So we get there. I'm so excited about. It. I wish I was that friend. That's like <laughs> the best afternoon ever. Uh, we get there. The guy takes a uh, makes a copy of my license and gives me the keys, and he says, "Go test drive it." So yeah. I do. And we pull out, and it's on like a, it's on a two-lane highway. The speed limit's 55, and I like yeah. rev through first, second, and third gear. No big deal, right? Because it's a Which fit. In it, yeah, and it, it's a fit. They can't hurt themselves. Uh, so we we drive for a few miles. I hang a left. I drive down a country road. I drive it a little hard. 
not abusing it. I'm just like, I want to make sure this car doesn't explode on the track when we take it for spec fit. Was it like properly warmed up and yeah. like the car was fine? It, it has like three yeah. quarts of coolant. Of course it was warm. Okay. So it wasn't, it only, it hadn't been running for only 30 seconds. No. And uh, so we, I'm like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm into the car. Everything seems right. I mean, it's rough, but it's $3,200. And uh, it had like a rust spot on the door and dumb stuff like that. But like, yeah, it, it, it seemed like it should have been. Like <laughs> that was the adequate price, <laughs> and I was I was I had every intention of buying it. I had cash with me. Yeah, we were talking about like how do we cover that rust spot with like a grid life band aid. So uh, I like I'm like okay uh, things seem fine. I turn around and I head back toward the dealership, and I come to a stop right. sign, and I take off like not an autocross start. I just took off like a car, and. Yeah. Uh, it was on a little what little bit of an incline, <laughs> and the car popped. Yeah. It popped out of gear, and I was like, "Oh, that's weird." Um, and I put it back in gear, and yeah. I let the clutch out, and it made a crunch, crunch, crunch noise. I was like, right. "Oh, geez." My first thought was maybe I like blew a drive shaft somehow, and we like right. we're going two miles an hour at this point. So I'm, I've rolled out on the stop sign like thirty feet, and we we rolled yeah. to a stop. And uh, I put it in neutral and I let the clutch out and it still goes crunch, 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 crunch. And I was like, oh, shit. I guess my only thought was that it was the like the final drive in the trans because there's, if it's in neutral and it's making grinding noises, it's got to be something inside the transmission. Yeah, some shit went real wrong. And yeah. uh, this is like tiny, tiny dealership. And so. I didn't even have the guy's phone number. I had only been communicating with him on Facebook and yeah. I couldn't look up the name of the dealership because it wasn't in Google like at all <laughs> because he's not a real person. So I yeah. sent him a text message and I was like, Hey man, we're stranded. Uh, this car trans blew up and we need to get back to the dealership and he doesn't respond. So, uh, we pushed the car into like a farmer's driveway and my, my friend is like cursing this whole time. He's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why, why is this your life? <laughs> why has Adam Jube ruined your life? And, uh, so we knock on the door and, uh, the farmer's wife answers and she like looks at us really, you know, sketchy, like we're sketchy dudes. Cause we are, um, <laughs> cause, cause now you are. And uh, the story makes me so happy. Uh, we uh, we talked to the wife for a second. And she's like, "Well, let me get my husband." And he comes out. And we, her name. We her name was Verna. Uh, you know, her name was like Verna. Ethel. Um, so Ethel and Verna. So we tell him like the story. Jim. And yeah. he just busts a gut. He's like, "Oh, I know where that place is. Let me give you a ride." And yeah. uh, so my friend and I jump in the guy's truck and we drive to the dealership. And on the way to the dealership, the dealer decides to call me and right. accuse me of abusing the fit. And that's why it exploded. Oh, clearly, you know, Honda fits explode every time you like enter a highway. And so. I, I was like, <laughs> there's no way. Don't don't give me any of that. This car was not good. We get to the dealership no. No, and uh, I'm like, hey, man, I'm sorry this happened, but there's nothing I did wrong to this car. And he's like, well, you redlined it first through third gear. I heard it. 
and I'm like thinking to myself, it's a Honda Fit. It makes exactly no noise. You didn't hear it rev out yeah. through first gear. Dude, I have I like it's a second gen fit, which is the same as a grid as the grid life spec fit. And like I kid you not, I've probably personally redlined the grid life spec fit at racetracks with like pretty hard launches because it's slow and it's a spec fit and there's like a Camaro coming around turn one at mid Ohio and I'm like, it's time to go. <laughs> like I, I've like redlined that spec fit for probably and I've only tracked it probably a dozen sessions. I swear, I bounced off the rev limiter on that thing. Like, I'll bet you you can combine that to like twelve minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like these things are meant to be beat on, and they don't care. They, they just don't. They care. make a hundred horsepower. They don't care. Yeah, they make like one fifteen, and they don't care. So they just you just beat on those cars, and the trannies are fine, and nothing breaks. And there's a reason the transmissions cost like three hundred eighty dollars. Shipped it's because no one needs because them. Because no one needs them, and they all get crashed by moms and dads who take them to work and get hit by somebody, and nobody needs them, and they're not in demand. So, <laughs> so. I get to the dealership, and the guy just, like, yeah. starts laying into me about how I was abusing this car. <laughs> of course. Because like, you, you blew up his car. <laughs> I was like, man, I'm sorry this happened, but I didn't do anything wrong. And he just looks at me, and he goes... Whatever you say, I'm not going to believe you. And I was like, all right, well, I guess yeah. we're done. And I gave him the keys. He asked where the car was. And I was like, eh, it's a mile that way and a mile that way. <laughs> and we we jumped into the car and left. Did you did you add, like, as the crow flies mm-hmm. to, those, to, those, to those directions? No, I did not. <laughs> well, did he ever find it? He never called me back. Well, it's not your problem anymore. Nope. <laughs> This is my favorite story that you've ever generated. My, <laughs> I don't know why. And my, my friend is just shaking his head the whole time. He's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, your friend is a professional person who has, like, an auto loan on something with a warranty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite. So, Abe, how, how else have I ruined your life in the past week? <laughs> uh, so I bought a Civic. Right? <laughs> And let's we can go further than that, but we'll talk about the Civic now. Uh, it's a 2008 Mugen Edition SI. Yeah, man. Which man, you you bought you bought the only Mugen product that uh, has ever been sold in the U.S. officially, I believe. And uh, it's cool. I cannot believe yeah. there was an eight thousand dollar premium on this car when it was new. It was that much yeah. more. It was eight thousand dollars different. They were like, yeah, I think they were like thirty-five thousand bucks, which is insane. It was a lot of it was a lot of extra money. I think it was really just like a, Let me, like a lip kit, a spoiler, and like side skirts. No, right? it's got uh, suspensions a little bit different, but like okay. most of it is literally just like bells and whistles. A stock, it's, yeah. it's not just an SI. It's not anything yeah. other than an SI with some shit on it. What is the premium versus like a similarly equipped SI right now? Like a couple thousand bucks? And I, I'd probably not even that much. It's probably less than a thousand. They all came in that cool blue color though. So right? the story is I had a Civic EX when I was in high school and it is the same color as this one is. Oh, you had one of those when you were in high yeah. school? Yeah. So man, look at you have a you, you you didn't have a '91 Ford Aerostar minivan. Oh uh, no! When I went to college, I had like a real car, and it was awesome. 
And I remember, I remember when the Mugens came out. I was like, that thing is fucking dope. I want that. Yeah. Aside from my work truck, do you know what the newest vehicle I've ever owned has been? Uh, no. Your your so, wife's car. Uh, your wife's car is like an O2, well, right? No, it's an O3, so it's pretty old. <laughs> but, um, but uh, the newest vehicle I've ever owned is my RV, and it's a 1992. <laughs> At some point, you're gonna run out of cars to buy. I don't know about that. I had a 91 Ford Aerostar. I had a 91 Maxima. I had a 91 Civic. And then I have a 1990 Civic. And the 90 Civic I currently... Actually, I did have the, my 96 Civic that I basically bought for Richard from England to drive around for a summer. Um, and I sold that because it was an utter heap of shit. Uh, but I sold it for, like, like scrap it value. Got it. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I'm a 1991 man right now. 92 is like, we're highfalutin. But, um, so you bought a 2008 Civic, uh, and it's the same color as your first car. Yeah, pretty much. first college car. Yep. That's a, that's a good color blue. Though. I really, I like really blue. like it. Um, uh, so what, how many miles are it? Like 100, you said 115? 115, 110? yep. It's a K20, uh, six-speed. Yep. Um, it's got a Mugen exhaust and... Some kind of JDM or intake. Uh, How does it sound? It sounds it sound like it's pretty good. Enough. Like it. I don't want to say it drones really, but you can hear the exhaust even on the highway. Um, it's not like bad, uh, but yeah. I mean, it's it's still that's like how it. That's how they sold it. Yeah, right? it's it's factory. So, um, but it's got uh, 18s, which look pretty good, and. Is that the stock wheels? It's then? yeah, the Mugen wheel is the the eighteen. I remember that being like a really cool looking. It's wheel. a cool looking wheel, um, and it's the uh, the Mugen suspension is lowered f- a little bit. Uh, I think they're a forged wheel too. I think it's a lighter, light, lightweight wheel. Um, when yeah. I told the guy that I planned to daily it for like just literally run this car into the ground, uh, you could see like the look on his face. He was so sad. He's like, don't don't put those wheels out in the winter like just get some steelies or something <laughs> yeah I, i'm gonna try to get you like a 1995 like civic to beat into the ground the see I, the thing is and i i thought about this a lot over the weekend you can spend three thousand dollars on a beater car but you have to buy it from yeah. someone you know yeah because that's true. if you go anywhere else if you buy it from random person or like low end dealership it's going to be a piece of crap yeah so i i might need to leave uh like the grid life fiesta or like $1500 fiesta i might need to leave that with you so that you preserve your mugen si <laughs> over the winter time but uh moss was pretty pleased with it he he came out and helped me like load up a few things the guy had a Alex brand Moss, new set uh, of uh, seats. So, okay. like, all, I mean, all of the seats. So, I, he um, uh, loaded them up. He's going to bring them to me at an event at some point soon. Um, so, this dude, the dude who had the car is, like, pretty into the car. Yeah. He, uh, cool. he hasn't. That's a good sign. He hasn't That's daily really driven it in six years. Okay. Um, he drives it just a little bit now and then. Uh it's got a with this intake. It's got a an Odyssey small battery, and this podcast okay. is not sponsored by Odyssey. And I am going to change it fast. 
because I am well, really concerned. Are we sponsored by a are we sponsored by a battery provider or not? <laughs> not to my knowledge. We should be. <laughs> um, I think Bart Bart from Pegasus has talked to me a lot about those anti gravity batteries. Um, uh, maybe I can, I can probably if I have actually put any work into the podcast, I could probably convince Bart to sponsor us. <laughs> uh, you know what? A uh, a battery and one of the you know Moss has this really high end uh, like jump kit. It's a lithium yeah. ion battery. Small. It's probably the size of like uh, a set of sockets uh, on the rail. Right. I mean, it's like it's about that size, and it it'll jumpstart freaking anything. Yeah, th- those things are got. They've gotten kind of insane. Um, how how they how they can like like in your pocket you can you can hold a battery that will start a car in this in your pocket. So uh, he said from Pegasus, I should just get one of those and a better battery, and uh, yeah. swap this intake back out more than likely put the stock one back on um it's funny i didn't make any posts about what specifically i bought but moss made a post and didn't didn't that. tag I got me a lot in of it. messages about it <laughs> he didn't tag me i got in a it. lot of messages about it oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah i probably got half a dozen messages like did a buy an eighth gen oh my gosh did a buy a mugen Jeez, what did a buy <laughs> what did a buy um <laughs> But uh, Houghton called me like right after yeah. I was just getting on the road and he was talking about all the stuff that we should buy from K-Tune to modify the car. Of course he was. Yeah, it, it, uh, I think it's going to be fun. I think you'll have a good time with it. It'll be a good daily driver, though. Those are really nice. Like they're nicer cars than they should be, I think, especially nowadays for the value. And they hold up really like it's a quarter million mile car without much maintenance. Um, and they really hold up very, very well. So, and you can run those things into the ground. And and so. because I won't have a car payment anymore, when I think about how much I paid for this car versus how much I paid on an annual basis for my Jeep, uh, yeah. if I drive this for 12 months, I'm net positive. That's so crazy. <laughs> so, so, you, so by getting the Jeep stolen, you are out a car payment and you sold the Evo so you're going to wrap some of that money into new daily driver uh-huh. uh, and that's no car payment and you'll probably put you know like a thousand bucks in maintenance or whatever into it probably um, and then you and and maybe a thousand bucks in tires or whatever and you take it to Honda Mate, you take it to Blackhawk you take it to whatever and you play with it a little bit but you drive it to work yep that's the plan uh, and, and you enjoy it um, what else what else are you going to spend the rest of that Evo money on? I'm going to buy a motor home <laughs> I w- dude, if I if my wife wasn't sleeping, I would honk the horn in the car. <laughs> uh, apparently, motorhomes run in the Jabay family, and I am gonna yeah, buy an old ass motorhome. Dude, you're buying an RV that is ten years newer than mine. So. Yeah, but it's not a diesel pusher. But no, it's it not. was actually it's James not. Houghton calling me back on the way from Montreal that convinced me that I wanted a gas V10. Um. The gas V10s, especially, uh, I was talking to uh, Matt Williams at Midwest Festival, and he was extolling the virtues of, like, the gas V10s. And you're basically buying, I think, the RV that his dad has. Oh, really? That's what, that, that's what he brought to Midwest Festival. But, uh, like, an early V10 gas motor. Um, my uncle has 
Like for the past year, my uncle has been like, hey, why don't you find one of your racer friends that wants to buy my RV? Because my uncle crashed. He used to, he's for like 20 years, he's raced motocross pretty heavily. He's gone to like the Loretta Lynn championship thing down in Tennessee. He's gone everywhere. And now he's like 50 years old and he's really fast. Um, and he loves motocross, but like he keeps crashing once in a while and it really hurts when you're 50. Um, so, and, and, uh, he's had this motorhome, he's had this trailer and he keeps telling me, I think he listens to slip angle once in a while. I know my aunt, his wife does listen to slip angle once in a while, which is kind of strange. So hi, auntie Carlene. But, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the motorhome is this like 2001 or something, uh, V10 Ford, Tioga uh, RV and it's like 60,000 miles, good shape like they've kept it inside of a building the, its entire life, which is super rare for an RV um, and yeah, it just generally takes care of his stuff, so he keeps telling me to sell it for him, but he's not actively trying to sell it uh, I don't know, because he's not using it very much he took it up to like his brother's cottage last weekend or something uh, or a couple weekends ago, and like, it's just not a thing that he needs in his life right now. And uh, and I was like, hey, Abe, um, this might be a good idea. <laughs> and now Abe has decided that it's a good idea. <laughs> so, you know, and Ashley has decided it's a good idea. Yeah. I, dude, Ashley seems to like the RV life. And uh, I think she'll I think she'll enjoy this thing. It'll be it'll be a pretty solid place to basically this thing is to, it's bottomed out in value. It'll be a solid place to just park some cash. Yep. Um, and and you you put some maintenance money into it, but it's no more than like a vehicle. Really. So, but, uh, yeah. no, every grid life event that we go to, we pay someone to come stay at our house and take care of our dogs. And, and that sucks. Yeah, I mean, if you're talking about like Midwest Festival, that's like four or five days, and that yeah. stuff adds up. So in addition yeah, to Thursday being the time night, away, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, yeah, it adds up. And so. Uh, we're just going to bring them with. Mm-hmm. And uh, when the weather is miserable, they're going to stay inside in the air conditioning. And when they're not, they'll one of them at least will be in the pit lane with me most of the time. The uh, I, I think having a place too, like having your own place. Um, like when we started Grid Life, I, like the first couple of years, I, I basically worked out of a pickup truck. Like I was sleeping inside of a pickup truck or inside of like a buddy's enclosed trailer or whatever. Um, or driving home, like from Autobahn, I would just drive home at night. Gross. Um, and yeah, it's like, it, 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 it's really nice though. Like that was the main reason we bought our RV. Like Sarah and I wanted to go camping with Emma and stuff, but like, we really wanted to just kind of have our own place, you know, like it's so nice to just to be at the track and you're there. Yep. And like you, you walk 12 feet and you're into like a comfortable environment. You know, where all, you know, where all your junk is, you like open a drawer and there's your deodorant. Yep. Um, and, and like, it's, it's having like having a bit of a home at, I mean, our, our, our life is kind of crazy with these with these events. Yep. Uh, having a bit of home at these things is kind of important. I mean, it does make things go go better. Well, and, uh, and Ashley will admit that she wants and needs more sleep than I do. And yeah. Uh, yeah. traditionally, if we're staying at a hotel, that means we have to wrap up pretty early so that we can get to bed. 
and hotels are generally far away from the racetrack. <laughs> yeah, they're 20, 30 minutes away. So, yeah, you stay up until 1 o'clock in the morning. You drive to a hotel. You try and sleep for a few hours, and then you get back for a 7 a.m. driver's meeting. That's not actually yeah, that, that much time sleeping. And no. so here, she can go to bed whenever she wants, and I can go do party bullies if I want to, and just come in <laughs> after that. Did you do party bullies with us this year? I think you I did, did right? do party bullies, and and it's pretty. Fun. And they lost the key guy. <laughs> He's the key guy. Yeah. <laughs> He's the key guy. He's got the key. <laughs> So um, yeah, I, I I don't know. There's something about having an RV at the track, though. It's just, I mean, it's the freaking best thing I've ever done is buy the stupid RV. How, how many miles have you put on it since you bought it? I mean, uh, it it had like seventy thousand, and we're pushing ninety now. I think I put like eighteen thousand on it. Like seventeen thousand of it is good. Like so, I know it was true of you uh, when you bought it in early seventeen. You said that you spent. Uh, more nights in the RV than any other place besides your house. Yeah, uh, very much. In 17, yeah. that was also true for me. I stayed in your That's RV more nights than any other place besides my house. Yeah. And it smelled like dead animals the first time. It's not, it doesn't smell like dead animals anymore. I got rid of all the mouse poop. It's all gone. nice. Uh, it, it took a while. I mean, mothballs are a thing. You need to learn how to use those mothballs. But, uh, um, yeah, RVs are the best, dude. They're the freaking best. And they're also, for many people, they're the worst because they buy like a... So the RV that you're buying was probably $100,000 new or like $90,000. Um, and so somebody pumped all that money into there. And then that somebody sold it to Uncle Howie for like half of that. Nice. And then Uncle, How Uncle Howie like used it for like 10 years and like... It was a pretty cheap RV per year. And now that thing is basically the equivalent value of a pickup truck. Uh, it's a pickup truck that you can live in if you want to. Yeah. But uh, uh, all I know <laughs> is that we're going to have a dedicated air fryer and yeah. Uh, yeah. we're going to make pizza rolls at the track because that is awesome. Dude, I, I was talking to my wife about uh, we, we went camping this weekend down at an Indiana State Park uh, down at uh, Potato Creek. Potato Creek, uh, down at Spud Creek, down at, down by South Bend, uh, down by Sam Engelbert, one of our drivers. He lives near there. But uh, um, we were talking about the uh, the the air fryer as like, man, we don't need this stupid oven in our RV. We just need an air fryer because <laughs> I want to get rid of the oven. The oven takes up like half of the cabinet space, right. and I want to I want to like box it out and like put cabinet doors. And then I want to put an uh, like an air fryer and like a cooktop, and I want to get rid of everything, and I want to make one big countertop out of like butcher block or something. No, that'd be great. Um, yeah, air fryers though, like that's all you need is you need like an IKEA like eighty dollar cooktop, and you need like an air fryer. That's it's, the like, best. Yeah, you can make the freaking pizza rolls. You can make like hash. Have you ever made air fryer hash browns? No, I haven't. Dude, they are the most banging thing you've ever had in your life. <laughs> I want to go inside to my house right now and make those. <laughs> They're so good. Uh, Ashley was like, I bet mozzarella sticks would be awesome in there, too. They are. Sarah has made those. They are delicious. Uh, They're very good. See, I mean, this is like, I mean, this is really uh, this is forward thinking here. 
Yeah, man. So you, you take up less space on the countertop with the air fryer, and you get the uh, you get the little Keurig going. You you pound out some coffee in the morning. You walk out, and like you're there. Like no more continental breakfast. You spend one dollar yourself on like you know the hash browns or the bacon and your coffee, and you walk out. You don't have to drive 15 minutes from the hotel. Like you're automatically well, and I know I know the drive yeah. to the hotel from Autobahn is 30 minutes, like solid 30 minutes. Yeah. yeah, it sucks. There's no place. There's no like you could stay at my house and you could be at Autobahn in 40 minutes, or you could stay at any Joliet hotel and it's like 29 and a half minutes. Yeah. There's no good. There's like no good hotels, um, and especially the, most of our weekends uh, with Autobahn have been the same weekend as. Um, as like a, the NASCAR weekend at Joliet Speedway. Uh, so hotels are obscenely expensive, uh, etc. So that sucks. But, uh, dude, you, you walk out whenever I wake you up with the driver's meeting over the PA. Yep. It's like, and you're and you're there. Like, all right, he's talking about shit. It'll be about ten minutes until I gotta show Don't my do face. Um, <laughs> so. So I yeah. don't want to let the cat out of the bag, but we're we're on a half dozen Facebook Messenger chats with like a hundred people. I got added to two of them this week, and uh, a lot of people are talking about GLTC. It's a uh, it's a thing right now. Yeah, it's a thing. I'm hoping to keep it a thing long term. I don't know what the best plan of action is with it. I was uh, I was texting with Emil Tab from Winning Formula down in uh, down in Kentucky today, and I was like, man, I want to do less events, but I want to have GLTC at other events, like you know. And he was like, man, the special portion of Grid Life is like a thing. Um, like it's kind of a dream of mine to host uh, a GLTC race at like Super Lap Battle Coda and maybe at some like Binge Tokyo events uh, down at NCM. Uh, speaking of which, Binge Tokyo has an event coming up in a couple weeks, yep. and he's got plenty. He's got plenty of spots for sale. So hit hit Drew up, uh, uh, buy some Binge Tokyo spots. Uh, you'll never get more seat time per dollar at NCM it's, than at a Binge Tokyo event. It's too much depending on the car. <laughs> Yeah, Abe says it's too much track time. <laughs> so I bought uh, I bought a two day event in March, and I did yeah. like I don't know I swear like six sessions on Saturday, and I I drove yeah. the crap out of the Evo, and yeah, at at that point on Sunday I was like all right I'm ready to go home if I like drive it more it's gonna break. Did you know that if you type in binge Tokyo dot if you go to their website binge Tokyo dot jp. Like right now, your car is the first car on the website. No kidding. <laughs> yeah, it is right now. That's funny. Binge Tokyo, uh, B I N G E T T T O K Y O dot J P. Uh, Abe's car is the first car on the website right now. It's it's so. no longer my car. Uh, uh, well, somebody else's car, Abe's Evo. I uh, it is, is kind of car. hard to imagine uh, a person. You know, spending twenty seven thousand to buy an Evo, and automatically, yeah. like among his group of friends, he has the fastest car now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's like, oh yeah, you just you you got the race car. There it is. Yeah, somebody bought a fast car, but um, 
Yeah, uh, so, uh, yeah, Drew's got spots at NCM, but, like, I've been thinking about, like, how many events do we want to host as Grid Life? And Chris and I were talking about that today. Um, we're, we're doing too many events, and it's frying us, and it's burning us out. Yep. Um, so, GLTC is kind of the new hotness, uh, and, and, I mean, uh, I want to keep some class uh, parity. Uh, the Rules Committee and I are talking a lot about... How do we balance the 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 best engines for the class, like K24s or like V8 stuff or whatever? So uh, I, how do we balance that uh, long term? Like I know. was uh, I was thinking about that this morning. Um, I really respect Chris Tuttle as a driver. I know he's really talented, and that yeah, that dude. C4 is pretty rad. But the fact that he's not challenging for like the front doesn't necessarily have to be challenging to win but he's like uh i mean he's not like currently right up front um currently we've got a pretty heavy restrictor uh not restrictor but like a modifier on v8 swaps because of the available torque that those would have right um so some of that might need to be dialed back uh and then like the k24 like basically like there, there might be like a honda Multiplier Hondas might get a little heavier. Honda engine cars, sure. But uh, we're, we're trying to find like that happy balance without having to go through a bunch of math. Um, pretty much every day this week, the rules committee and I have have argued about things uh, from about nine a.m. until about six p.m. It's been pretty much which uh, which uh, Facebook message is wasted that? work. Shouldn't I be on that? <laughs> Well, that's Team Sonic Beavis. Oh, so, Sonic Beavis. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, uh, I don't know. There's there there's some things. There, there's some there's there's a bunch of like simple solutions potentially, and there's a bunch of very complicated solutions. So tell me about a simple solution. Well, a simple solution is to sort of formulate a uh, a box in the rules that says like this engine is a modifier of this percentage and this engine is a modifier of this percentage and that sounds uh, more complicated well but it's also variable like you could say well man there's a lot of honda k24s winning or man there's a lot of honda k20 winning or there's like there's a bunch of detuned ls's winning or there's detuned you know Honda 1.5 turbo new Civics winning like maybe that engine has a better power band potential um, in this rule set so like long term it gives us some flexibility sure and like and we're and we're only talking like a couple percentage so it's like you know, you give somebody a 50 pound or a hundred pound ding um, just to try to bring the you know if you find the tents here and there in lap times at the average track like that's how you find the parity overall, but um, I don't know. We're we're talking about some options for next year, but overall, I, uh, my main goal is to have rules stability for this for this year versus next yep. year, um, because I think we found kind of a sweet spot in uh, in wheel to wheel racing, and I would like to clarify a bunch of things and uh, and then and basically have rules stability. Sure, um, well, something because we made the rule. We made the rules really open, like we made them open to interpretation for a lot of drivers, right? Uh, which is something that's not super common in the wheel-to-wheel series, but uh, like in in NASA, SCCA, etc. Um, 
So we, we've we've found our audience a little bit. Uh, we've only had a couple races, but uh, we'll have half a dozen more this year, or five more this year, or whatever. But uh, five more? How many more are we having? We've got uh, we've got Midwest. No, we have Midwest. Midwest, Midwest was round two, and then we've had we have uh, Colorado. Oh, Black we're doing Hawk, GLTC at Atlanta. Colorado. Yes, there will be a GLTC there. Really? Um, you should probably tell oh, some yeah. people about that. I know. I, it, it's not actually something that anybody seems to know about. Um, so there will be GLTC at Colorado. If anybody has a wheel-to-wheel car in roughly the 12 and a half to 1 power-to-weight ratio uh, or higher, um, let's go play. There's only a few of us signed up so far, but... Uh, uh, Colorado, Blackhawk, Atlanta. We just were. We just added Atlanta recently, which I am really excited for. Dude, there's already a lot of people signing up for Atlanta. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a barn burner. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited about that. Uh, so Colorado, uh, Blackhawk, uh, Atlanta, um, and then uh, Road America. Oh, geez. And then uh, we we also added a GLTC to the uh, October Gingerman. Event. Oh man! Uh, and and GLTC will happen under the lights. Uh, so we'll have an uh, we'll have a, a, a light tower at every uh, major apex at the track. So, that sounds uh, fantastic. GLTC will. I, I think GLTC will close the night out at between like uh, 8:30 and 9. Awesome. Um, so it should be a lot of fun. So uh, something that I was talking with Moss about today, um, there are some time attack drivers that are interested in spending a lot less money to race GLTC. Well, that's part of the reason that we developed it. Uh. And something I'm really, really interested in is will the time attack drivers be better positioned for GLTC races because they'll do better in qualifying? than the the guys who have been doing wheel-to-wheel the whole time. If you if you look at some of the killers in GLTC right now, like Cattill, uh, DJ Alessandrini, uh, now Justin Kelly, uh, potentially his wife, uh, Tiffany, um, Jake Dornstad, uh, I mean, like, whoever, whoever else could be in the top five. Um, like, those dudes are pretty solid... Dude, they're pretty solid drivers. Um, I think anybody who comes into this space is going to have to earn it. Um, so uh, let me let me clarify. Cattil uh, literally set the fastest wet lap we've ever recorded. Well, uh, <laughs> apparently there there is some uh, there's a, uh, a clarifier, and that is I was told he was on Hoosier Wets, and they they make everyone drive like gods. Yeah, but there were a lot of people on Hoosier Wets in that session. Fair. He wasn't the only one. He wasn't the only one. Um, But if you take a guy like uh, Swenson or Curly, people that I know are extremely fast in time attack and can be extremely fast in fast cars. I would love to see him. If they went to GLTC, even if their racecraft might not be as developed at this point, do you think that they would do it well enough in qualifying that it might not matter? Well, I think it always matters. There's always going to be somebody near you. Um, I mean, 
in a wheel-to-wheel rule set like this, uh, theoretically, people shouldn't just drive away from the field. I mean, once in a while, you're going to have that. You're going to have somebody that has a good run, and then people get tangled up in traffic or whatever, whatever, whatever. But um, I think uh, racecraft does come down to the deciding factor in probably... You know, you're probably 50% of the races. You're not going to see many people like lead a race from the start to the fl- from from green to checkers, sure. even in short races like sure. this. You know, um, and and being comfortable in in traffic and being comfortable in passing uh, lapped cars, such as myself. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I th- I think there's there's a lot of things that uh, that play into wheel to wheel stuff. Um, I was talking to uh, to Sally uh, recently, uh, Sally McNulty, who came from Time Attack and from a lot of HPDE background, and now she went through Skip Barber and a bunch of, you know, like a bunch of testing and and stuff, and now she's running uh, SRO, TC America, PWC, whatever you call it nowadays, but. Uh, uh, running around with traffic is that's like a whole nother game that you play sure. that you're not yeah like that's that's just not a thing that you play as much in uh, in time attack or even in a lot of club racing like like most of my club races like with SCCA uh, even even like lemons taught me more about running in traffic than SCCA ever did got it just because um, there's uh, 120 cars out on track yeah, there's a hundred cars or whatever, and like everybody's got like eighty to three hundred horsepower, and you never know how, you never know who's in the car, you don't know how the car makes a lap, you don't know anything, uh, and so like, I remember this one battle, um, and this is really kind of the, some of the stuff that trained me up well to race in, in multi-class racing with SCCA. Uh, GLTC is one class, but you do get some disparity, but like. Um, multi-class racing like you might be racing again if, if say i was in stl i might i might also be in a run group with spec racer fords i might be in the run group with like improved touring a and b uh and super touring unlimited so there's faster cars there's cars that make speed in different ways there's slower cars etc i might pass a lot of cars that do things differently sure but like i i remember uh being in lemons probably the most the most uh interesting battle i ever had uh, was it was it seemed to always be with this with this like uh, Merker XR4Ti that was like a five liter Mustang swap, um, and we had like 88 horsepower and he had like 250 horsepower, uh, but RCRX had like seven it was 1700 pounds he probably weighed 3000 pounds so we probably had a similar power to weight, uh, but but his car would accelerate faster and my car would brake better. And I had the same battle with the same car at Audubon and at Gingerman, uh, where I could put 10 car lengths on him in the braking zones, and he would put nine car lengths on me in the straightaways. Right. Um, and so, so I would come into the braking zones, and I would be a little tentative to really exercise my car strengths because oh, oh, I hit the I hit the horn here. Huh. <laughs> my poor wife. I'm, I'm I'm talking with my hands right now. <laughs> <laughs> in case you can't tell, but uh, so I, w- I would come up in the straightaways, uh, like he would pull away, and then I would put all that space, and then just a little bit less uh, on him in the braking zones, and uh, and so it's really hard to exercise your car's strengths. Like it's, I know my car turned better, I know my car braked better, uh, 
but he would pull away in these key areas, you know. Sure. So like, so so how do you exercise your car's strength as far as like, do you brake later and then use the turning speed and get inside of him and screw him up in the next straightaway? You know, like, there's so many little things with multi mark, multi uh, strength car racing, like. I think some of that is the hard part uh, when you're in something like GLTC where the cars might make the exact same lap time within like half a second. Right. Um, it, how do you do it? You know, some of that is, that's difficult. And I had some of that same battle stuff at uh, Midwest Festival when I was I was in Dan the Sedan, a car that's like woefully underpowered for the class. But, uh, but I was battling like a 280 horsepower Camaro uh, and and like a 220 horsepower BMW, my car did some things very very well. It did it did not do straight line speed very well. Um, and so I'm trying to do the same lap times, but I'm doing other things differently. And like, how do I approach the turn? Uh, you know, what do I what do I really try to capitalize sure. on? Uh, it it becomes kind of a chess game, and that's that's some of the fun. I think that's some of the fun of multi-class or multi-mark racing, and it, and it becomes some of the fun of multi-class racing. But the main reason multi, uh, GLTC is multi, cl- multi-mark, but like the same class is everybody is racing everybody out there, so that it's more of a spectator-driven event. Right. You know? But yeah, I don't know. GLTC is fun. I had a really good time. I want to do it more. So I'm really looking forward to running my own car versus Dan. Is there any plan to upgrade Dan? Uh, yeah, uh, we, we've got about 200 pounds we could probably pull out of Dan the sedan. Uh, and I would like to... We just put a new clutch in it, lightweight flywheel before it was festival. That helped a lot. But uh, I would like to pull the head and put a big cam in it and, like, shave the head and put springs in it, like valve springs, so we can rev it a little higher. Sure. But, uh, um, and then tune it, maybe. But, uh, I don't know. It's it's sort of like a pretty good car for like what it is. It it, uh, it also was really, really under-tired. Oh, sure. Um, so if you look at the power-to-weight classing, Dan was 700 pounds-ish uh, overweight. Oh, my God. Uh, which is a lot. <laughs> So, so if we pull a couple hundred pounds out of it, we put uh, maybe our compounds or bigger tires on it, uh, we'd maybe only be a couple hundred pounds underweight or overweight. Um, uh, so I was, <coughs> I was probably about nine seconds, ten seconds off pace with it, but you know that's sort of to be expected. Sure. Uh, but uh, but man, I've never had so much fun battling that like M3 and the Camaro. Like, it was just the best. It was better racing than I've had, like, almost anywhere. Um, I had a really good time. And I think that's sort of like the, like, when you boil it down, like, if you're not going to win, you might as well have fun. And uh, I had more fun doing that than I probably had. Probably the only more enjoyable battle I've ever had was when uh, uh, Mike Taylor came up to Mid-Ohio and Eric Till uh, and I and Mike Taylor battled for like a bunch of races in one weekend at an SCCA regional event uh, in like 2015 16 I don't remember I remember in 17 it wasn't an SCCA event but you still had the uh, the CRX and yeah. you drove it at Mid-Ohio 
and it, you like I think you battled with Cattell the whole time. That was cool yeah, to that watch was, too. Uh, I think that was actually a sixteen. That wasn't seventeen. That was we were doing the podcast. We did a show about it the night after. Um, but Cattell had like an underprepped STL car. I had an underprepped STL car. But we both knew Mid Ohio, and then Mike didn't know Mid Ohio. And we both, and Mike drove away from us a little bit, but like we had the best friggin' battle, uh, and that was probably the only battles that I've had that were mo- that were as fun as these GLTC battles at Midwest. But uh, I don't know. I'm I'm really looking forward to just driving a little bit more uh, in GLTC. I'm 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 proud of the drivers. I'm really proud of of like the live stream. Um, there's so much about it that has that has worked out as we hoped. Um, I saw that someone posted a gif of something that I had heard about but not seen. The scissor lift guy twerking uh, to the drone. (laughs) I haven't seen that. Oh, my God. It's unbelievable. (laughs) Where did you see that? I want to look at Uh, it. I don't know. Someone just posted a gif. Uh, The cameraman sees the drone, like puts down the camera, climbs up onto the railing and twerks at the drone. For ten seconds and I then goes back find to work. It. I should probably find it. I've heard the ten tenths guys talking about it. <laughs> That's all I've heard. The uh, yeah, I, th- I think uh, I don't know. I I feel like GLTC is this platform for us to show, uh, and this has kind of always been like the like, that's been like the reason I wanted to do it. I wanted to show wheel to wheel racing to all of our spectators. I wanted to show it to our audience that had, like, most of our time attack drivers have never seen it, and they and like now obviously they think it's the coolest freaking shit. Well, what what like they want? What was Brad's? They want to do when it. He got out of the car at Daytona. It was like this is the coolest thing I have ever done in a car. Yeah, wheel to wheel's fun, man. Uh, it, it's time attack isn't. It's different. Like, there's nothing wrong with Time Attack, but, like, there's something different about wheel-to-wheel. So um, what what I'll and say, and I don't want to say that this is a natural progression, but this, this is a train of thought. Uh, yeah. People have streetcars. They decide to take them to the track. They do DE for a while, then they decide they want to compete in their streetcars. So they get into the Time Attack right. thing, and they start competing, and... You can go to the moon and back on budget, depending on how fast you want your car to go. At, yeah, we've seen at that. At some point, yeah. though, if you go that deep, it's you're gonna you you may run into a situation where you don't think the money is worth the fun. And the thing yeah. that I'm most concerned about yep. are those people who we love hanging out with giving up on track driving completely because they don't want to spend that kind of money every year like and 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 literally we've seen them talking non-stop about gltc so like some of the corvette <laughs> people spend twenty-five thousand a year just to keep a car running yeah it's a lot it's too much money and, and you look it's a, and the, like the basic unlimited time attack budget to be competitive is like what would you say? Like we've heard, we've heard estimates for like fifty to a hundred thousand bucks. Like it's nuts. No, any it's nuts. any series or any sport or whatever, uh, where the unlimited cars will bring both multi thousand dollar spare engines and multi thousand dollar spare spare transmissions, is tough to yeah. sustain. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, it's difficult. 
I think Time Attack um, lends itself really well to street cars. Uh, it's just when you start much, yeah. to go insane, you're you're building out a car that wasn't designed to be fast from the beginning, and yep. because of that, it costs more money to make it durable, and it costs more money for transes and uh, all of that stuff because you've got a yeah. 1,000 horsepower two-liter engine. Yeah, you find very expensive weak links, like very, very expensive. So, uh, and and we've. Like I think we've been very fortunate with the battles that we've seen between like Will and James, and Will and James and Pro Awesome and Will and James and like Andy, you, know, you, you yeah, Smetagard and Smetagard and Pro Awesome and like it can be anybody's game weekend of, um, but like that's a that's a tough game to play. It's like it's not a game that is sustainable. Well, and it's uh, it's, it's literally a dice roll on whether or not it's going to be a record or a broken car. Right, right. It's uh, it, it could be like a ten thousand dollar weekend for anybody at any point, um, versus like a GLTC weekend. Chris and I years ago we talked about probably two years ago. We we're like, man, unlimited time attack is like that's gonna find its, like it can't keep going, right? And we're like, well, no, it really can't. Um, and uh, and I've always had the wheel to wheel stuff in the back of my head. Like, man, this is it's going to be a spectator like spectators will love it. Spectator and obviously they have. They love GLTC now at Midwest Festival. But uh, um, like, how long can you go with unlimited? Like, is it going to go in cycles? Is it going to be like who's the next two crazy people to like battle unlimited? I don't know who they're going to be, but I think we've probably found sort of the limit for who we have now like the two to four crazy people yep. like this this is a crazy hobby to try to be the fastest of the fast to win and, and like most of them have won super lap battle and they've won grid life events and like uh, like where do you go from here do you just keep like pissing cubic dollars into time attack I, I don't know uh, and and like almost all of them are talking about Maybe maybe it'd be more fun to play with my friends and do something like this, uh, pointing at GLTC. Well, I mean, Will's so. already driving in GLTC. Yeah, Will has, like, campaigned a brand-new, like, not-even-sorted-out car for two events. Um, and he's been solidly mid-to-upper pack in two events and uh, told me that it's more fun than he's had in years, and he loves it. Uh, he had... Uh, he had some engine problems uh, on a brand new build at Midwest Festival. He was really strong at Mid Ohio, especially. Yep. Uh, and I would expect him to come back pretty much with a vengeance really fast at whatever event he can actually tow himself to. But uh, I, I don't know. Maybe it's a retirement home for unlimited time attack guys. Maybe it's maybe it's a retirement home for uh, people that are burned out on other series. But I really hope that it. Uh, that GLTC long term is just kind of a I think like my dream for it is that it is just like this one little thing that that brings more eyes into wheel to wheel uh, and then long term it brings people into wheel to wheel and then club racing exists when I am 55 and I have time to club race yeah right <laughs> like that's like it's a semi selfish thing but like it's also like I really I legitimately loved my time with lemons 
I've loved my racing with Champ Car. I've loved my racing with uh, SCCA. I've loved racing with NASA. Like, all these groups, like, they do... I've raced with all of them, and I love them. And they do... They, they all do some little thing differently, and they do it better than the others, or uh, different than the others, or whatever. But, like... Uh, it's a really special hobby, and I think more people need to see it. Uh, and I think if they don't, it's going to die. Uh, and so I think if you're listening to this right now and you know what club racing is or you've done it or whatever, like, like I don't care how you do it, but you got to bring people in, uh, even if you just bring them in as crew members or, like, spectators or whatever. Like, it's a hard hobby to do, but it's also, like, the best freaking hobby. It's freaking great. Like, it's the best time I've ever pissed away in my life. Uh, and and it's got to it's gotta keep going because not everybody can just be IMSA or PWC. Like, that's hard. Yeah, right. Uh, it's really, really hard to spend that much money per weekend. But, like, when Wait, you hold build on. your own car. Speaking with- of IMSA, tomorrow afternoon yeah. I'm going to hung- go hang out with Gary at Wayne Taylor Racing and look. You have to bring your recorder. And look that, at the Lamborghinis. The yeah, can you just bring your recorder and just record it without even him telling you? <laughs> without you telling him, I mean, just put it on the room mic and just place it yeah, on right. Lambo. As long as Ashley doesn't uh, yell at me because she's freaking out because uh, I'm going to be gone for work next week. And on Thursday, yeah. we have to go pick up the motorhome. And on Friday, we've got stuff and we've got people staying with us. And she works on the weekend. And so she's like, we got to clean the whole house tomorrow, like now. No excuses. Dude, your guests, your guests don't care how many bedrooms you cleaned. Your house is plenty clean. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Now you're, you're talking to the wrong person. No, I know. I've stayed in your house. Your house is fine. Don't worry about it. So, uh, Do you want me to text Ashley? I'll text Ashley tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, that, that, I'm sure she'll love I'm that. I'm sure it'll go over really well. She'll listen to my sage advice. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to try and just go stop in to hang out with Gary for half an hour or an hour or whatever. Yeah. And uh, listen to him tell stories about Lamborghini Trofeos. Yeah, so right, uh, right now uh, Gary took a kind of a side job at Wayne Taylor Racing. Which is in doing... Brownsburg, which is only about 25 minutes from my house. Yeah, he's doing... Like he's kind of like the like the chief of this Lambo program that they have for customers, doing like Lamborghini Super Trofeo racing all over the world, which is insane. <laughs> like, how crazy is that job? <laughs> but he's also he's done the same thing with like Ferrari racing in California. Like he lived in he lived in California like six months, like <laughs> like doing this with Ferraris. What a freaking crazy life that man leaves, leads. He's insane. The 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 shrimp boat story. That's when things get really weird. Yeah, when he starts when he starts to talk about Madagascar and like like uh, shrimping and stuff. That's uh, that's a weird freaking life. Gary. That, that dude has he's done a lot of things, man. I don't know why he likes uh, hanging out with us, but I'm glad he does. I'm not sure either. I was texting with him like an hour ago, and he was sending me pictures of this shop. And he's like, this is one-eighth of the shop. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh. That is, so you're, you're sending me a 1,000 square feet of Lamborghinis, and it's only one-eighth of the shop. Uh, well, I don't even know if I can relate to that life. It's a different life. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's a different life. Well, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's not at all the same. 
But when I told uh, the seller that I was going to daily drive it, you could tell that like uh, he kind of wondered why I would buy this car to daily drive. And right, right. at the price point that it's at, it's like a good car for the money. It's it's never it's not clean enough to be a collectible ever. And so like, yeah, I'm just right. going to run it. The reason I'm buying it is because right. it's a Civic. Yeah. And yeah. if you're coming out of like an insanely expensive built car, spending yeah. 10 grand on a car that you can drive every day sounds like a bargain. It does. It really does. So. I, I, I do love the fact that like you're going to drive this like semi collectible, like semi rare car to work and then like to Honda meet and uh, to these other places. And you, you might take it on track but you're going to drive it like uh, I've been I've been uh, I've been subscribed to bring a trailer for a long time. Yep. And, and I listen to I listen to like shows like Driving Well Awesome and like shows that talk about the collectability of these cars. Um, and like, I don't know, like bring a trailer kind of bums me the frick out. Like I, every couple of days I get the bring a trailer email like like what's coming up for sale today. And it's like this amazing car like this 930 Porsche and it's a turbo and it's whatever and it's got 4200 miles on it or, you know name your tiny amount of miles and nobody's ever enjoyed it like nobody's ever done anything with it well like, but the, and I th the alternative I th is some, doing what we do with it and we we take right. good cars and we run them into the ground but I think that's kind of what they're supposed to be, like like a, a car, like a Mugen Si. Like you have like what? It's like one of a thousand, right? Yep. So you take one of a thousand and there's probably, and, and like when they sold those cars, they were like, this is one of a thousand. Like you're not going to see a lot of these. And like they sold them for way too much money yep. to a bunch of to a bunch of people. And there's probably going to be 250 of them that have, that have like, in the next couple of years, they'll they'll pop up on Bring a Trailer, and they've got eighty miles on them. And so, like your hundred thousand mile one would be like whatever. Yep. But that's got a hundred thousand miles of like use, and like, you know, like stoplight to stoplight smiles, and like like what's the point of like babying these twenty five thirty thousand dollar cars? Literally no point. Like. You know, it's a ten thousand dollar car for the rest of its life. You probably bought it at its bottomed out value. If you like, make it nicer and you drive it and you have a good time. Even if you like, pop the engine. You like buy that engine for like a thousand bucks. Yeah. Like nobody cares. Like who cares? It's a car. I agree. I, I mean, I mean, I see these like, there's these hundred thousand dollar Porsches that no one's ever done anything except for wipe with a diaper. Like, what's the point? It's dumb. Like, this is dumb. <laughs> what are we doing? Are we polishing gold coins? And if we were polishing gold coins, like, what's the point of that? <laughs> like, like gold coins don't, like, like if you look at the similarities to a gold coin, like, this, this, it doesn't matter. Like, just because it means something to somebody else doesn't mean you're having fun wiping it. <laughs> like, like, why don't you go have fun with it? Right. I, I, I look at my 280,000 mile Civic right next to me right now that's got like a full cage and it's like just about done to go wheel to wheel racing and it's like like that car has lived a life and I've lived a life with it Yep. and I think we should live our lives with these stupid things we shouldn't just baby them and make them perfect and like 
hope that they go up in value. I think I, I think the value is in the experience of these well, cars. Well, and that's that's kind of what I thought about uh, when I sold the Evo. It's like I had spent a ton of money, even like if if I was going to sell it or I had known that I was going to sell it, I wouldn't have put forth any of the effort to try and build it and like put a new motor in and doing all that stuff. Um, yeah. yeah. But uh, when I think about the money that I spent on that car, I, I literally paid for the experience, right? Like I wanted right. to challenge myself and I wanted to do one lap and I wanted to get track experience and I wanted to be at least for a time pretty fast. And yeah, you grew you grew in this hobby. Like it, it, it provided you an avenue to like learn things and do things and like that's I mean how many how many years do we have in this life to do the things that we have a passion for? Right. We don't have that many. We got like thirty, forty. Yeah. You know, it's not that many. With with enough money to do the things you want to do and with enough energy to be able to do it. Yeah, it's not that many. Like maybe thirty at the most. Um I feel like I've expelled about 16 years of like pretty hard energy into like this hobby. I don't have that many left. Like I'm, I'm going to enjoy the rest of them. I don't care what the fuck my car is worth. Uh, like if I got 10 more years of like, of this, like awesome. I'm going to enjoy those years. Like, uh, it's the hobby is, it's still a hobby. You got to enjoy it. Yep. Uh, if you don't enjoy it, if you're just looking at the value, if you're looking at the one of a thousand, maybe it'll be worth something someday. Things like, uh, I mean, you can't preserve your girlfriend so that the next guy can bang her better. Like, like, why don't you just have a good time? <laughs> so, as crude as that analogy sounds, it does. It is kind of fitting. Like, you gotta enjoy things. Like, you gotta like no. your Porsche 930 isn't more valuable to the next guy because you didn't have fun with it. So the analogy uh, I made whatever was less crude. Is, you know? Do you remember, uh, do you remember, did you see Home Alone 2? Yeah. So when, yeah. when Kevin is talking to the bird lady, he tells her that he has a pair of rollerblades that he outgrew uh, that he never wore because he was too worried about messing them up. Yeah. I felt like the Evo was rollerblades to me. Yeah, that's stupid. Go have fun with something, man. So, yeah, you gotta enjoy it, uh, and and you also have to you have to you have to pick for your hobby like this. You have to pick the car that is most useful to you for the dollar you want to impart into it. You know, right? Um, so, uh, and for a lot of people, that's like a Miata or a Civic or a freaking Viper or a Corvette or whatever. But like, whatever you pick, like, like you look at Luke McGrew. He's having the best time with this Viper. It's got a high input cost, but he doesn't have that big of an actual cost like day of. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and he's having like a really good time, and I think that's really awesome. And he is very, <laughs> very fast. Yeah, he's very fast, and the car is fast, and he's got like sponsors that help him with tires. And I don't know that I talked about whatever, it on the show, but we went out um, at Gingerman. At, you, at, talk, you talked about did it. Did I? Oh, you talked about All it. All right. Yeah. Crazy experience. The flat flat through eight and yeah. nine <laughs> it's so that's so wild so the uh the, the like but like whatever your version of the hobby is like uh i think this year i'm seeing a lot of this is more of like a uh i feel like a lot of windows have been open to me like what are we actually doing with our lives here 
because I see, I see a lot of drivers doing a lot of things and like some of them are like I'm going to outspend that guy and I'm going to do these things and I'm going to like try to win this and it's like why are you actually doing that like are you doing that for fun are you doing that for ego and I would really prefer if most of these people would like try to like drop the ego um, and I've talked about that a lot in the driver's meetings but like you drop the ego and like just try to enjoy it like we're not here for a long time we're here for a good time like like why don't we just try to enjoy every freaking minute of track time and the best way to do that is this and this and that like you don't go off track you don't get towed you don't blow your car up well one of the things that i think time. is is uh, really awesome about our series is um the community right some drivers will come to events even if they don't bring their car just to hang out because they, they yeah. don't want to miss it. And uh, the thing that I worry about for those drivers that are, like, coming to win is yeah. they don't spend or maybe they don't appreciate or spend enough time thinking about just hanging out with their buddies, which is yeah. the part that makes it all worth it. I think that's way more valuable than, like, the I won a trophy. Even if the trophy is, like, the nicest club racing trophy you can get. Like, it doesn't matter. Uh, nobody cares. I think the big thing that, that people care about is that, like, uh, when you're 75 and you think, what did I do when I was younger? Oh, that was fun. Like, I want I want this stuff. Like, I don't care if you're with us or with, you're with one of the other groups. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, this, this needs to be fun. Yep. And if it's not fun, you should probably rethink things. And I think some of the time attack drivers are rethinking things. Like long term, they think, wow, those GLTC guys are looking like they're having a good time. And maybe someday we have 150 GLTC drivers. We have an A main and a B main or whatever. You that know? would be crazy. I don't care what it is. I, I would love it. I would love to be able to provide the avenue for a good time um, to these drivers and like build the sport. Like, whatever it is, like, put eyeballs on it and and, and just build it. Uh, it uh, I feel like I've pissed away so much of my life trying to build it into what it is that, like, I can't give up now. There are days, I mean, today was one of those days where it was, like, it was so overwhelming with the amount of phone calls and emails and text messages and thought that I had to put into this side job of sorts that I have and I'm trying to do my other job that I thought why am I doing this other job and I, I need to just do this full time but then I I start to think back like okay well you know I got to keep this other job afloat for these reasons but like I can't quit the grid life job because of this this and that and most of it comes down to like like we're, we have a community here that's ridiculous it's so good well, it, like it's it, it rivals the best that's ever happened anywhere in motorsports. Um, and, and if we and, and if like I leave, like I would just throw a monkey wrench into this thing that could be the best ever. Well, not just uh, that, but if you left or if anyone left, it's uh, it's taking yourself away from that community. Like, yeah, I can't imagine it. Like I can't imagine like after I I only I've only raced 3 GLTC races ever. Uh, out of we've had like 9 so far. And and they were like the best time. I can't imagine not being able to access that that time. Like those were the best. Well, for me it would uh, be like, "Oh, all those people that I love seeing at the track 
Yeah. Can I imagine like not seeing them ever again? <laughs> I know. No, that sucks. I, know. I gotta f- keep going. I've, I feel like we we've got this heroin drip that is like, well, if we leave, uh, if we quit heroin and we just like eat potato sandwiches and peanut butter, like like, well, then everything sucks. <laughs> so maybe we should just do heroin some more. <laughs> well, uh, life is not boring, and no, uh, it's definitely not. There, there's a ton of weird stuff that's happened just because of what it's we do. Pretty weird. <laughs> it's pretty weird. Uh, the like today, ha- like a third of my day was talking about like, how do we make the barbecue happen at Honda Meat? <laughs> I've got uh, probably a hundred messages to read on Slack when I get back. Yeah, there's a lot of messages about barbecue for Honda Meat because like, we got to rethink some things with barbecue because Brian can't do the barbecue. So who's going to do the barbecue? And the barbecue, the barbecue, the barbecue. And the barbecue is like a big thing at Honda Meat. <laughs> uh, and, and so it's a million little problems. But, like, I don't know. Uh, we, we don't do everything right. But, like, uh, we, we, we I do. feel It's like good enough for the girls we date. I fit. I, it's good enough for the girls we date. <laughs> just like... <laughs> Whatever that phrase means, it does make some sense. It, uh, I don't know. Uh, I can't leave this stupid fake job that's actually a real job uh, because I love it too much. And I think, I think long-term Time Attack is going to be okay. I think Time Attack will find its home and we'll have. I predict that we'll have kind of a fluctuation in Unlimited. I think we're yeah, going to have a wild. I think we'll have a wild street mod track mod and we'll have a pretty wild like street and street tt for the next five years probably or like forever maybe forever but like unlimited is kind of an up and down game well uh, um, when you think about um who was unlimited before will and uh james almost nobody like it wasn't any it was hardly any well, cars. like the life was car like, was a big deal for a while and then the the C- and it still is. It's just too expensive to run. The Sierra yeah. Sierra Evo was like back in the day. Um, yep. Which would be like a track mod Evo. It would be like Puglisi's car. Yeah, right. Nowadays. Oh, that yeah. car only makes 650 That's That's nothing. Yeah, that's Puglisi on like a 9 tenths day. So. Uh, but, uh, I mean, I mean uh, time attack is hard. Uh, but I feel like it's always going to be a thing that's going to be a thing. Um I am glad that we do have maybe something else for spectators and for drivers, though. Uh, that is, that is kind of like a choose-your-own-adventure as far as budget and uh, and time frame of uh, of commitment goes to. Like you, you can build a pretty simple car, and you can build a pretty wild car, and only be three seconds apart right. in GLTC. Well, something that uh, uh, that we didn't do at Midwest that I'm gonna uh, say that we do going forward is. Uh, Brackets. Brackets make time attack very cool. Well, yeah. yeah. We didn't do them at Midwest because we wanted to preserve them for finals. But uh, I think going forward, we're going to probably do them at our premiere event, uh, which would probably be Midwest, uh, and at whatever we end up doing for finals. Or, I mean, Grid Life might morph into like a, like a three or four festival event a year thing. We do have a West Coast uh, piece uh, probably being announced soon. Um, uh, 
very West Coast, very premier track kind of thing. But uh, it might some of the smaller events might kind of uh, subside a little bit or like merge into other things. But uh, I don't know. Uh, the brackets is really fun to watch, regardless of where you watch it. Yep. It's really, really fun to watch. You watch the Speed Ring. Uh, Speed Ring registration will be up in a few weeks, hopefully. Uh, we've been talking about a lot about Speed Ring in the back end. Uh, Motovicity has has built that event into, like, a real thing in the last couple of years. But uh, brackets are, like, it's unprecedentedly fun to watch. Like, it doesn't get much more fun to watch. It's The drivers have a good time. Um, that will be definitely a thing in Grid Life Time Attack more and more in the future. It will definitely be a thing for finals this year. But uh, uh, I'm so excited that, for Road America. There's a lot of things just kind of in the mix right now. Uh, it, it's a it's sort of I, I sort of think it's like a transition year, uh, but it's also kind of a growth year still. We've had a lot of growth years in the last six years, but uh, this year has been a big push. It's been a, a big push as far as event quantities and. I mean, every event's got its own, its small failings, but I think the quality of every event has came up, uh, and I think I'm, I'm excited for the rest of the year. It's intimidating. It's a big schedule, but I think it'll be It's going to be brutal from now until October. Shut up. I don't want to hear about that. It's, it's like every other <laughs> week for four months. It is. So in two weeks, we have Autobahn, and then two weeks after that, we've got Honda Meet. And Honda Meet's a pretty nonchalant, like, not that big of a Still deal. Still an event. Uh, two weeks after that, Colorado. Got Color Colorado Festival. So we're six weeks out or five weeks out from Colorado Festival. Two weeks after that. Uh, which they, dude, there, dude, for Colorado Festival, there are some freaking bangers coming for uh, music. Uh, I mean, like, if you. If you listen to Pandora uh, for, like, EDM, it's going to be nuts. Uh, I'm, I'm excited about that. Uh, the, the announcement sh should come pretty soon. But, yeah, two weeks after that is what? Track Day uh, Picnic. Or one week no, one week after oh that my God. is Track Day Picnic. It's the weekend after. And then I think three weeks after that or two weeks after that is South Festival. Uh -huh. And then two uh, weeks after that. Then, yeah, two weeks after that is uh, Finals. Yep. Uh, road, road America, and then and then two weeks after that is Speed Ring, and then two weeks after uh, that is October at Gingerman. Um, that's too many events. It's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> we've already we've only done like four events this year, and it makes me tired thinking that we're gonna do that many. Has more. it only been four? It seems like a lot. We've only you've only done three. I did that. I did the Daytona thing, which was kind of a. I, I went to Ice Battle. But we did Ice Battle. Uh, you did Ice Battle. We did uh, January at, at Streets of Willow. So I guess we've done like six. Oh, God. Now, I forgot about January. Uh, that was like an yeah. eternity ago. Yeah, you remember that time that we like uh, woke up in the middle of the night, went to California. I slept in this weird hotel room together, uh, did an event, slept in this weird hotel room together, did an event, and then drove back at 90 miles an hour to get to the airport in time uh, <laughs> to come home. And then, uh, and then when we took the red eye, I drove from Indianapolis or from Chicago to Indianapolis that morning and went straight to work. Yeah, that was a long night. Oh, makes me yawn thinking about it. 
It looks like I've got yeah. uh, maybe 90 miles to go. So since since we've been talking, you have like passed me. You probably actually drove within about five, two miles of me. Yep. And now you're probably 50 miles past me now. Yeah. Um, yeah you were going to stop by here and we we're going to do a show, but that would have killed another it's hour. It's too late. Life. Yeah. Now we're like an hour and a half into the show. What have we? T- what have we even talked about? I don't even remember. Uh, <laughs> I I got a Mugen. It's true. You bought a you bought the only Mugen product ever offered uh, by Honda of America. Yeah. So I'm at mile two hundred eight. Uh, that means I've got seventy eight miles to go. Okay. Richard was telling me today about uh, Richard from England. He was telling me about. He's got that FN two, I think, uh, Type R, uh-huh. which is like. It's like this different generation right after that, the one you bought, I think, um, that they didn't sell here. But uh, it's, a, it's a, they sold like the regular version. They sold like the Mugen R200 and R220, I think. Uh, and they sold like a, a Mugen version that's like hopped up. And then they sold them, like they sold the Mugen version with like a stroker crank and like 56 more horsepower. Sick. Uh, <laughs> like it's a crazy crazy like weird k20 k22 like whatever it is it's like a big engine but um yeah they didn't sell anything we've had here but we need uh, to get one of those i know that sounds like a sick little engine 256 like crank horsepower out of a k20 k22 whatever that sounds awesome but uh I don't think they sold very many of them. I think they sold a couple hundred of them. But so uh, uh, I was go- I was googling it while I was walking the dogs. So I don't have any hard facts. I've only got like dog shit in my hand facts. Um, <laughs> but so James Houghton called me and he wants me to put on uh, a K-tuned header and right. a K-tuned three-inch exhaust. And uh, he said the the coilovers are really good. And he said. Uh, that I should do the intake, and then and then right. I should drive it. What well, what about tuning? Uh, You're gonna do all those breather mods. You're gonna tune. Yeah, it? I probably need to go see Mikey. Yeah, like the flash tunes can make like good power. So if uh, if if K Tune is listening to the show and wants to sponsor my mu- my Mugen <laughs> build, uh, you can hit me up at Abe at Grid Life. Yeah, uh, K-Tuned actually gave me, I mean, through James, they gave me a really nice deal on my uh, on my lift-off door hinges. Those are so cars, sick. So. <laughs> they are, dude. Uh, for like right now, like right next to me, my car has no doors on it, and it takes four seconds a door to take the doors off and, like, walk them downstairs. Or, uh, or walk them down the, a uh, con- convention lift. hall at Weekfest. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I, I, can, <laughs> I actually did that, yeah. I, I can pull it on the lift and like I don't have to like work with a door. <laughs> I just take the door off before I do that. Easy. It's the best. It's the freaking best. So, so uh, I think John at K Tune, you know, if you wanna can help us out, you know, maybe James needs to send him this episode. But. I think that's a good idea. Anyway, yeah, it's uh, it's about eleven thirty for me, and I've had a hell of a day, and you've had a hell of a day too. So maybe uh, maybe we did a show. I think we did a show. Yeah, it's uh, an hour and a half of talking about Hondas, and uh, I think, did we talk about, like, uh, GLTC? I don't even remember. And we talked about RVs, so we covered, like, all of the, the key points for Slip Angle. 
Yeah. Do you want to name this podcast real quick? Do you have any uh, uh, Do you have any brilliant Austin Cabot esque insights into like what we should call it? Ah, uh, man. I, I was thinking. I was thinking like some sort of like uh, joke about uh, ruining Abe, uh, but I don't. I don't know. There's got to be like an Abraham Lincoln. Uh, I, I think Austin did it best on the last episode when we talked about my missing Jeep. Jeep Trick is an awesome title. That's a freaking good. That's a freaking good joke right there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. We'll come up with some episode or some episode name in the next five hours, yeah. uh, and then maybe when, maybe when you go to work, you can sneak ten minutes away and upload the episode. But, yeah, we'll see. Um, <clears throat> I appreciate you hanging out, buddy. Yep. Uh, I'm glad you. I'm glad you got your car stolen so that you can hang out in the Honda world with us. Yeah, I'm. I'm into it. Uh, I've been talking to you about the barbecue at Honda Meet a bunch today, uh, and uh, yeah, Dan DeVries, our our loyal and faithful chef buddy, is going to be like the 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 main man on the barbecue, and he's going to train you up into smoker. Right? I'm so, so excited for that. Uh, I think it's going to be a fun time. I think we'll have a good time at Honda Meet this year. Only like a month away. God. <laughs> three, no, three weeks away. <laughs> oh, jeez. So if my car doesn't make Autobahn next week, it's going to make Honda Meet. I mean, unless it blows up. It's making Honda Meet. So the I question is, uh, do I event. just drive the Civic up? Or uh, if if somehow I can get the tow dolly from Matt Williams, maybe I can bring the RV and the Civic up. I think you give Matt Williams a hundred bucks to bring that shit to you, man. He's a he's a loyal listener. He's been on the show. His wife even listens to the show. Krista oh, could probably she could probably like tell Matt that he has to do that and bring it to you. And it would happen. Well, I guess the the question will be is if this show goes live tomorrow and he messages me to tell me that he'll bring it, then we'll know he's been listening. Right. So if Krista is listening right now, Krista love of my life you should probably tell your husband to bring that dolly up to <laughs> up to babe up to babe schmuck and uh, babraham lincoln and uh, yeah. uh, babraham lincoln all right all right that's it well have a good drive man uh you got like 70 miles to go and i'm gonna hit stop so uh oh uh we do have to promote our new t-shirt line at chirpin third.com that's uh, uh c-h-i-r-p-n three rd.com yeah, I should probably tell. Uh, I should probably get a different URL for uh, <laughs> just for this, so it's easier to talk about. <laughs> Chirpinthird.com. Uh, post it up uh, uh, when we when we post this episode. Post it up on Instagram. We'll get some. Uh, yeah, C H R C H C H I R P, three R D dot com. No, wait, that's not it. <laughs> I don't know. Chirpinthird.com. We'll figure it out. Uh, yeah, we'll, uh, yeah, we got t-shirts, we got things. Uh, check out the Slip Angle Instagram. I've got a link there. So. I'm so tired, Abe. I haven't had too much to drink, but I feel like I have. I'm so tired. That'll happen. Yeah, it will happen. I'll, uh, I'll send you the, uh, the show and we can make this thing happen tomorrow. Upload so. it. Thanks for hanging out, buddy. Yep. I hope the rest of your drive goes yep. well. See ya. See you, buddy. Slip Angle was created by Austin Cabot and Adam Jubay, co-hosted by Derek Yarbrough and production by Abram Schmucker, who mixes all of our terrible audio. If you like the show, please rate us and review us on iTunes and come and find us in the Pit Grid Live to say hello. Hello.